to lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. Howdy. Let's go. Welcome in on a Monday. It's a Monday reaction show. And I hope you'll be a part of it. Glad to be with you. What in the world happened this weekend? Well, I can sum it up for you. Tennessee dominated somebody. I didn't even have to I don't even have to go look. I just know that's the case. They continue to just roll up the competition in college baseball, unlike really anybody in recent memory. Man, I thought last year's Arkansas team was dominant. This Tennessee team is unbelievable. And right here in the Magnolia State, it was state taking two out of three. In the series in Oxford, we did a whole bunch of preview in that last week leading up to that Thursday show that was the last show of the week last week. And then on Thursday night, it was Ole Miss and a squeaker 6-4, to four, I think was the final, or was it 4-2? to two? It was 4-2, to two, not 6-4. It was 4-2 to two on Ole Miss in the game one on Thursday night. And then State wins uh, with 10 runs in game two. And then instead of 10 runs, it took 10 innings in game three. But State got it done, took two out of three. They're going to play it all again tomorrow. Uh, fourth game in a row uh, between the two teams. That'll be tomorrow night in Pearl. So you got that to preview today and tomorrow. Uh, and another thing that happened this weekend, Southern Miss baseball, they just continue to roll up the competition. 14 now straight wins. And what is that? Is it, It's either two or th- I think it's three straight series sweeps. I guess we could do the math, right? Yeah. It'd be three straight sweeps with a couple of midweek wins or something like that. Anyhow, Southern Miss, uh, they are they are absolutely on fire with another weekend sweep in Conference USA play. Welcome in to the show on this Monday. Let me know what you think, and there's lots of ways for you to do that. Number one, you can text the show in the country pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or... 885-3776. Or call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Number to call, 995-1059. That's a 601 number, 995-1059. Bill, welcome to you here on a Monday. I hope you had a good weekend. Yes, sir. Same to you. Said so you got some yard work done? Yes, I did, and I'm paying for it. <laughs> a little sore? A little tiny bit, not yeah. as bad as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Last so so not this past weekend, but the week before that was Easter weekend. You know, uh, before we went out of town, I had a lot of grass to mow because it was one of those things where it just came up for the first time. It jumped up there about knee high in like two days, and I was pushing that lawnmower up and down hills and everything like a young man. Well, I suffered for it for about two or three days, Bill. It's like uh, after you do some of that, your body just feels like it needs to remind you, hey, hey, for future reference, you need to slow down. That's what my body does to me. <laughs> you're still in good shape. But, uh, hey, look, Bill, am I right? The point is you get the At this point in our life, the whole point is just get the job done, right? Get it done, yeah. What i got to stop doing is saving saving it up, you know, and then doing it all at once. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, i, I got to do a little bit at a time. Uh-huh. Right. But, see, that takes discipline. <laughs> and and I'm you know and you're busy when you're busy I mean it's hard to get to it a little bit here and there but 
Glad you're able to get out. Had beautiful weather. We got beautiful weather here today, even though we got a little rain sprinkled this morning in North Mississippi, but it has turned out to be really pretty. Warming up outside, really feeling like baseball weather. And I tell you, it's going by fast, y'all. Look, uh, Bill and I were talking just uh, before we came in the air, how and doing a little look ahead and sort of planning and stuff. Very basic, but a week from now is really a. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not a week, a month. A month from now, like really a month from yesterday, is going to be the start of the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover. It starts on May the 24th, Tuesday, May the 24th. So we're exactly a month from the SEC baseball tournament. And as you know, it's like every year, especially if you've been listening for a while, you know that every year we go and do a couple of radio shows over at the Hoover Met from the SEC baseball tournament while the games are going on. And uh, that particular week always marks uh, one of those days will mark a hundred days until the start of the college football season. So <laughs> as far as how time flies, and I know this is sort of squeezing it together with the way that I'm phrasing this, but it's all true. In one month from now, from today, we will, unless something changes, we will be at the SEC baseball tournament in Hoover and that week we will begin our 100 days countdown. Yeah, it won't be long till you'll be hearing this. That 100 days countdown. That's right. 100 teams. 100 days. That's it. We will be count. We will do 100 college football teams in 100 days, and it starts in a month. I mean, it's just going by so fast. Uh, so let's enjoy the baseball while we can, huh? And here's a fact. All right, Ole Miss fans are done with baseball. They're not enjoying it anymore. And it has just been, uh, I mean, like you go within a month from the number one team in the country and all the momentum in the world and all the expectations and uh, give me a ticket, give me a ticket to this. Uh, So they're not enjoying it. But State's starting to enjoy baseball a little bit this year. It's been a struggle. All the injuries really looked like it was going to torpedo their season. Still may have. They still have a hole to climb out of, but they have gotten started here recently climbing out of that hole just a little bit, it seems. A few wins. They beat Auburn in the series. There's a good ranked team who just swept South Carolina this past weekend. And Auburn's in the top 20 in the RPI, so that's a really good-looking series win. And and then, of course, to go to Oxford and take two out of three and back-end that series. Ole Miss was sitting pretty after the first game with a 4-2 to two win. And uh, on the shoulders of their starting pitcher, and State then pounds out, what, games two and three, uh, 17 runs in two days, 10 and seven, and won the last two. And they are going to play again tomorrow night. Let me get to your text messages here real quick. We'll get the conversation going. Uh, Hit me up right there. Again, the country-pleasing text line, it's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. Grumpy texted the show. And Grumpy, who likes to text us in third person, said, Matt, Grumpy was thrilled for the 12,500 Rebels to witness Brad Cumbus' home run yesterday. (laughs) Well, it was actually Saturday, not yesterday, but he said, have a great show. Yeah, they did have a a nice crowd there. Now, you know, it wasn't full, and I guess the Saturday deal – maybe affected by a lot of people I guess went to their spring game. I didn't see that or see their crowd. And then also the fact that they had lost the day before on Friday and people were 
because of the downturn in Ole Miss baseball this year uh, on the field, that you had some of their fans that looking for a reason not to go. Um, so even though they show shots of the stands, it didn't really look full. They still had an excellent crowd, over 12,000 people reported there. Uh, Grumpy, thanks for your text. B-Dog 2 says, I don't really understand RPI. Can you explain it? What is Mississippi State's RPI now, and what does it need to be for postseason uh, post selection? Well, that's a good question. I am not right now. I don't have it in front of me to you know the the research to go back say uh, say last year or the year before and see what kind of teams with what kind of RPIs were getting at large bids not automatic stuff. And I guess there is some automatic stuff. Like you win certain conferences, you're automatically in regardless of your RPI, and that'll gobble up some spots. Here's what I mean by that, B-Dog, too. I mean, you know, 64 baseball teams are going to get in the NCAA tournament, and they're not just taking teams 1 through 64 in the RPI. There are teams who will be in the tournament that have worse RPIs than the top 64, and there are varying degrees of, of why. Okay. But, number one, you said you don't understand the RPI. It is hard to understand. It is called the Ratings Percentage Index. It is a math formula that is factoring in uh, home wins and home losses versus road wins and road losses. And neutral site stuff weighed against your strength of schedule, and it is ever-fluctuating because the teams that you've played on your schedule are they're also winning and losing. And it can shift things. It's like it's not just factoring in your opponents, it's also factoring in your opponent's opponents. Okay, so it's this deep math equation, is all I can tell you. And you what you can basically understand is this, B Dog 2. A road win factors in very heavily. It's a big deal. Winning a game on the road especially winning the game on the road against a quality opponent. The opposite of that it would be, in terms of RPI, losing a game at home to a bad team. Okay? Like, it, it really hurts you in the RPI to lose home games to bad teams. It, it, it'll drop you fast. Winning road games and neutral site games will shoot you up the RPI rankings a lot faster than winning home games, if that makes any sense now. So you just kind of look at it that way without going into every little detail of the numbers. But it is an equation. Now, your other question, what is Mississippi State's RPI now? Well, right now, State's at 75. They're at 75 in the RPI. Last week, going into the Ole Miss series, they were last in the SEC in RPI. They, were, they had the 14th worst RPI of the 14 SEC teams. This week, they are up to 13. They jumped Kentucky. Kentucky is now has the worst RPI in the SEC. State is 13th out of 14. See, so it just shows you how much ground State has to make up. The other thing about it is, you know, where Ole Miss ranks factors in because that's who State beat. Well, they're coming down the RPI rankings. They're no longer a top 10 or top 15 RPI team uh, because of losses and those kinds of things for them and home losses at L. Okay, but 
So if state's sitting there at 75 in the RPI right now, and the assumption is because some of the 64 spots in the NCAA tournament get will get eaten up with teams that will win a conference tournament here or there that are nowhere near your top RPI teams, you know, you need to be in the 40s and 50s to feel pretty good about your RPI ranking just to get selected into the tournament. You know, and the other thing is this. Um, you're looking at conferences. You know, the SEC's got 14 teams. Are they going to send 13 to the tournament? You know, so, and, and in my experience over the years, RPI is a lot heavier for the selection committee than things like conference standings and all. Okay, so states got a lot of ground to make up, and they started that. They have started that recently. They just still have a long ways to go. You know, like I mentioned, I mean, states sitting here with a recent uh, series win at home over Auburn. That was a really valuable win. But the home sweep to LSU, they didn't pick up a single home game. They lost three home games to LSU. It really hurts them because home losses very much hurt you. So uh, uh, a series win over Auburn, a series win on the road at Ole Miss now. And this coming weekend, well, if you look at the next week, the next four games, tomorrow night, neutral site, not a home game, but a neutral site game against Ole Miss. That's another opportunity if they could win it. The thing is, though, that's a consequence game tomorrow night for State. They are in scratch and claw mode to get into the NCAA tournament. And Ole Miss has all of a sudden become a bad RPI team. They're no longer a good RPI team. They're a bad RPI team. So if you lose to them tomorrow night, it's going to hurt State in the RPI rankings. And then they'll go on the road to Missouri this weekend. And it's a winnable series for State if they play well. Missouri is currently inside the top 40 in the RPI rankings uh, you know, around the country, but they're not a good team and don't have a good conference record. So you know, for state, the good thing is, is it a road series because because road wins help you more. Road losses don't hurt you as bad. State will get Florida at home later. They'll get to go to Texas A and M for a series because you know that's big because Texas A and M has moved up into the top twenty-five now, and and A and M's RPI has been climbing. I think they're at twenty-one now nationally. So that's an opportunity series. State's fortunate in a couple of ways right now in that where they are, and they've set themselves up by winning the last two series against Auburn at home and against Ole Miss on the road. State has set themselves up. They're at 75 in the RPI here on Monday, April 25th, and can continue to claw up and maybe get into the top 50 if they can win some games and some series. Win a series at Missouri. Make make sure it's on the road. You know, okay, you get that. The schedule gives you Florida at home. Florida, you know, has dropped some games here recently. They just lost two out of three to Tennessee. But Florida is the 12th ranked RPI team in the country. So, yeah, you have to play them at home, but they are a top RPI team. You're going to get them later. And then a road trip to A&M. That'll be good for your RPI if you win. And then to end the season, the regular season, by hosting the number one team in the country, Tennessee. They're the number one RPI team in the country, Tennessee. If you can just pick up one win, play those guys in three games, but just don't get swept somehow, some way, that could be huge for State going into the SEC tournament at the end of May in one month. That would probably set them up for needing to win, or feeling like, 
they need to impress some people by making a little run in Hoover. It would be a much different feeling than you were at a year ago. But anyway, that's kind of where they stand right now, B-Dog, too, after winning those games this weekend. What would y'all think about the games this weekend? Uh, I'll give you kind of just my overall thoughts. Um, I thought Brandon Smith gave him a really good start back on Thursday night. But he was just outdueled, right? I mean, that's what you would that's what you would have to chalk that one up to. He was just outdueled by the starter for Ole Miss who anybody got a correct pronunciation? Is it is it Delucia or uh Delucia or Delucia or Delucia? I, I want to get it right and I'm not sure that I can with that little help. I, the last thing I am trying to do is disrespect anybody by mispronouncing their name. But anyway, uh, he was Ole Miss's starter back on uh, Thursday night, and he was really good. You know, he goes complete game. They didn't even have to touch their bullpen. He threw 117 pitches and gave up the two runs on just five hits, eight strikeouts, did not walk anybody. Okay, Delucia. All right, thank you. Next Gen Rev says it's Delucia. All right, Delucia. He was outstanding. He's 3-0 and now in the year. Like his emerge is emphatically their number one. And that's what he looked like. So you just ran into a good Friday night guy. And guess what? That's going to happen a lot in the SEC. And you're going to have to win those four to two games on Friday nights in the SEC instead of lose them. Okay? Because you're going to run up on somebody who can complete game you and go eight Ks and no walks uh, on Friday nights in the SEC. That's the name of the game. And Ole Miss got the better start. But it's not like Brandon Smith was bad. He was not. He gave up the the one earned run on four hits. There were three unearned runs. But when you look at his deal, it goes one earned run, nine strikeouts, and two walks and 107 pitches. He gave you a good enough start to win the game. You just couldn't score on the other guy. You know, that's kind of the way that first game looked to me anyhow. So it's a tip-your-cap game if you're state. And then you come back on game two on Friday and – State's bats started getting after it. Uh, you know, paired with a, another good, solid start from Preston Johnson, even though he gave up the three home runs early in the ball game. Uh, it was a resi- resiliency game for State. And to go in there after sort of getting mowed down by Delucia the day before, to go in there on, on game two and pound out 18 hits, and still left 13 guys on base. There were a lot of hits and runs in the ball game, but State, you know, they just had a good day. Um, they had three guys, Homer. Hancock got it started early with a home run. Hines, a big home run in game two. Clark hit one. <clears throat> and Con uh, was good out of the pen. You know, Hunt closed the game out for State in game two, but gave up the three runs, but was still able to get out of it and preserve the lead. State had the one, you know, big inning in the seventh, but they had a little stretch there where they were putting up runs in every frame, two in the sixth, four in the seventh, and pulled away. And so Ole Miss got the three runs in the bottom of the eighth, but not enough to close the gap. State evened it two two, so you, uh, a one one. So you knew you were going to have a, a rubber match in the game three on that Saturday, which is normally your Sunday game. And you know, State is a team that because they have Cade Smith who for much of the year looked like their best starter. I mean, I think 
Preston Johnson is your best starter now. His strikeout numbers, by the way, lead the SEC are really, really good. But for a long time, it looked like Cade Smith, maybe your best, most consistent starter in terms of you know throwing strikes, not walking people. And he was solid, but he didn't necessarily have his best outing in that game three. Just went five and a third and walked four guys. You know, he strikes out six in the five and a third and gave up the four runs on four hits. A couple of those were home runs, so they put the bat on the ball. And those things don't compound nearly as bad unless you have the four walks to go with it. So that was the only negative for him is his walking guys. Um, but State was just resilient. You know, they answered when Ole Miss answered, including in the extra innings. I said 10 innings earlier. I meant 11. It was the top of the 11th when Cumbus hit the home run to put them up 7-6. Gonzalez had the heroics in the bottom of the ninth. You know, they got a single and then a two-run home run tie the ball game, 6-6 six, six, sent it to extra innings. And, and that's the thing about it. You, you've got to – there is nothing wrong with being excited and pumped up and just when you get a, when you get a tying home run in the ninth, you're supposed to be excited about it. But there also has to be some realism from the veterans in your dugout to – to quieten down the celebration, realizing we didn't win it, we tied it up, we still have a lot of baseball to play. State winds up getting the last laugh with the Cumbus home run. As soon as he touched it, I think he and everybody there knew it was gone to left, and then you go get three outs in the bottom of the 11th, and you got a series win. So it was close. State outscored them by two or three runs across the entire weekend. And they'll tee it up, play it again tomorrow night. I'm coming to some of your texts when we come back. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Now back to the guy who loves his banana pudding. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Uh, coming to some of your texts. That's a good way to communicate with me here on the show. You can just text me there. Don't text if you're driving. Uh, that's dangerous. Maybe pull over or just give me a call. Sometimes it's easier to talk than text and drive. I'm not. Te- don't do any of that in the car. We want to be safe on the roads. But if you can, shoot me a text. Give me a call. Uh, the text line is uh, the Divinity. I'm sorry, uh, I'm confused. The Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. I get mine at Walmart uh, a lot, also at Kroger and local grocery stores. Here we got a a small, you know, lo- well I say small, it's a good size, but locally owned grocery store here in Tupelo, Brooks Grocery, and they they carry it as well. And you can get it online at countrypleasing.com. Anyway, the number to text the Country Pleasing text line is 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Coming to your text, your phone calls as well. I do want to point this out so that you would know. Brad Cumbust is your SEC Player of the Week for what he did uh, this this, uh, past week, which I guess would include the midweek also, but... I don't know that. I don't think it's these numbers are just from the weekend series. Maybe they are. I have to go back and look. But I know they played a midweek too. Anyway, uh, 
SEC Player of the Week was last week. He hit 538 at the plate with two home runs, seven total hits. That'll give us the clue there. We can add that up. Um, right, because he was um, he played against Jackson State. He's credited with an RBI and um, a run scored. But in that midweek against Jackson State, he had one walk uh, as well in a stolen base, but uh, but not credited with any um, official at-bat, did not go over. But against Ole Miss, had seven hits. So those numbers for him were weekend stats, batted way over 500. In game one against Ole Miss, Cumbus was one for three at the plate, drove in one, scored one, and uh, had a home run. Game two, in which State won, he went four for five, scored three runs, drove in one, had two doubles in that game, didn't hit a home run, but then came back in game three, went two for five with another home run, scoring a run and driving that one in the solo shot that basically won the game there in the 11th inning. So Brad Cumbus is your SEC player of the week. As I mentioned, your text coming up right now, though, over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The number to call, 995-1059. We got Jay in Baltimore on line one. Hey, Jay, good to hear from you. Hey, Matt, it's been a while. But, yeah, Brad Cummins was clearly impressive this weekend and thinks going to be instrumental moving forward for us. But, look, as expected with the series loss to the dogs, many are already calling for the firing of Mike Bianco. So I'd love to hear you wear two hats here, provide a case for and against the removal of Coach Bianco. Okay. So you want to hear a case for? I mean, the case for is that, you know, he's been there 20-plus years and a really good team this year that, has turned around and maybe really underachieved. And I would say that the only way you would make a case for that, if you are the decision maker, Jay, and that would be, you know, I'm assuming that it, the decision maker is Keith Carter, is if you know who you're going to hire and they know you're going to hire them and all that's going to be a pretty smooth process. Does that make sense? Um, it does. Because what you don't do you know, AD, good ADs have to be realists. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with being, there. you know, uh, I'm not saying a pessimist. Nothing wrong with being positive and having vision and having goals and dreams and all that kind of stuff. They also have to be a realist and understand that just because you look back over the last 20 years and you see yourself having become, you know, a baseball blue blood, it does not mean that that automatically translates into every year is just wonderful. And every year you overachieve. Because, you know, the, the, the realist part of me says, in reality, you do have to consider. I know 20 years is a long time, but you do have to consider what it was before Mike Bianco walked in there. And look, right. you know, look what it is now. And if you can't guarantee yourself Jay, that you're going to go out and hire somebody that's going to recruit better than Mike Bianco, that's going to develop better than Mike Bianco, and is going to win better than Mike Bianco. If you're those three things, if you're not convinced of those three things, you don't go out here and drop that hammer. That'd be crazy. That's right. And then the 
so I I really just made the other point for you in in sort yeah. of fleshing that out. What do you think about all that? Well, I'm just glad we're not in that situation. I mean, it's just hard to deny. He has had a lot of success, but I mean, we know fan bases. It just comes down to wins and losses, and, and specifically against your arch rival, right? Um, yeah, sure. But look, I'm a fan of Mike Bianco's. I mean, diehard Bulldog here, but he, he's done well for sure. And um, mm-hmm. it's just going to be a tough call. That's all I can say. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Matt. Thank you, Jay. I, I think it is too. And you know, it's a big boy profession. Okay, and I, so, and I admit that it's sometimes I might have the tendency to go, all right. You know, somebody like Coach Bianco has earned the ride over 22 years for you to sit down with him and ask him what he wants. <laughs> okay. That's easy for me to say. And I, but it is a big boy profession. And to do everything right, you don't handle it that way. You evaluate, regardless of how long he's been there, you evaluate him the same way you do the other coaches, whether they've been there one year or two years. And I get that. And if you look at it, and there are issues that have to be addressed, okay, if there are issues that have to be addressed, and you are convinced that you're one phone call away from hiring someone who's going to better everything that's being done, that, that's how you're making these decisions. We have to think about that sometimes. That's how you're making that decision. Can I make a phone call? and make a hire and guarantee myself that I'm going to better everything that's going on. We're going to be better in recruiting. We're going to develop pro players better. And we're going to win more. Because you don't have, I mean, look, say what you want, but you don't have a bad situation with Ole Miss baseball. I know Ole Miss fans don't want to hear, oh, we need to change. Somebody a new blood is going to be better. Okay. Make that decision on a whim because you had a bad year this year. Because, I mean, in reality, they were scoring a ton of runs, but and even when they were scoring a ton of runs, and a lot of it was before conference play, and they were highly ranked. Still, there were a lot of us kind of looking at it going, I'm still not sure how far their pitching overall is going to take them. You know? And and then here we are. So, and I have, Jay, I have no idea if there's something internal. I can't imagine it is. <laughs> but I have no idea. I wouldn't know. And if there is, maybe that changes it. You know, an AD is going to have, he's going to be privy to information none of the rest of us are. Um. I understand after a period of time, too, things can get stale. I, I get all that. Um, regardless, I just think the guy's a good coach. And as long as he's got the fire in his gut and wants to do it, he's going to out-recruit just about everybody you can go hire. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Vitello's already got a job. Dave Van Horn's already got one. You know, Lamonis, guy at Louisville, O'Connor, Virginia, Corbin, 
Okay, all those guys have already got jobs. They're not leaving where the, uh, Lamona, I said Lamona's. None of them are leaving to go to Oxford. Okay, so that's when I, it's a big if. If Keith Carter is convinced that there's some assistant out there who is the next Tony Vitello and he's ready to hire, okay, fine, then. Hey, shoot your shot. <laughs> but you don't have the kind of situation. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they've lost this year. They do not have the kind of situation at Ole Miss that is like you have to go make a change. Mm, that, that's not what you've got. That's the reality. Okay. And then sometimes those things don't deal with reality. Uh, some schools deal, you got really good, capable ADs that are having to deal with uh, alumni who want to throw their weight around. I don't know if that's the case or not at Ole Miss. And I think Keith Carter, you know, on the outside, for me, looking in, looks to me like he's done an excellent job, especially hiring people. He's made a lot of the right moves across the board. Um, just my thoughts on it. So we'll talk to Lynn on the phone line when we come back, and then uh, I'll see what Nick and Hogjowl and Smokey and B-Dog and Denzel and everybody are saying on the text line. Miko, that's everybody. Coming up next, y'all stick around. Show. The guy who, if he's not talking sports, hey, he's fishing for bass, okay? But he's right here, right now. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, Lynn has been hanging on line one for a little while, and I appreciate your patience, Lynn. What's up, man? Hey, Lynn. Hey, Lynn. Did we lose him? Thank you. Yeah, we lost him. Bless his heart. He it's must like, have dropped his phone. When he hey, it sounded like he dropped his phone, Bill, and when he picked it up, he turned us off. <laughs> yeah, accidentally. Hey, Lynn, call yeah, us back. Call back. I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> He'll call us back. Uh, Nick texted the show, and he says, uh, Brandon Smith allowed one earned run, and if he wasn't squeezed on the third strike in the first inning, we'd be talking about a sweep. Pitching was good. Things are looking up. Yeah, um, yeah, he got squeezed on that one pitch. He did. And, you know, Nick, I, I mean, I don't – There's no. that would have been a third strike, right? That was a two-strike deal, and that would have been a third strike and got you in the dugout, and, and it made a difference. It did. But even – I mean, Brandon Smith would tell you, hey, look, man, you know, <clears throat> truth about it is one squeeze strike, you can't let that beat you. And as a team, you got to score more than two runs. You want to beat? You're not going to beat too many people with two runs. So the pitching comment, I, yeah, you know, two weeks in a row now that you've had Thursday, Friday, Saturday series instead of Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it started with Auburn because it was Super Bulldog. They moved it up a day, <clears throat> and in an effort to keep Preston Smith Friday to Friday, that's when they started Brandon Smith in Game One against Auburn. <clears throat> And they just liked how all that worked out. 
It seemed to suit him. And, you know, it set you up in terms of setting you up for the rest of the weekend. It just, they liked the way it felt to, you know, it's two right-handers, a right-hander in game one, a right-hander game two. And it's like, it, it's a totally different repertoire of stuff. Big time swing and miss for Preston Johnson, but his is more, you know, really high spin rate, four seam fastball that people are swinging up under, and then breaking ball where he's changing speeds and keeping everybody off balance. And it's coming out of the same slide in the same tunnel, same arm action, and it really has kept people off balance. And he get hit some. And then you go with Smith uh, on. Game threes and it does. It just looks better. And now you got Hunt at the back end of your game, and instead of Fristo being trying to be a closer, he's more of a middle guy or setup guy. You know, and, and honestly, let's be honest about this too. Even though he started some, the freshman lefty Khan Pico Khan has sort of been what they were hoping. I think. Cam Tuller could be. And Tuller's been hit some, and he's walked a few here and there. He's been good in spots, but but Khan has been a little more consistent as a lefty. So we'll see if it comes back up. Hogjowl texts the show. He says, baseball can be crazy. Arkansas pitching allowed only allowed one hit in Friday's game and lost. <laughs> I know. Isn't it ridiculous how it is? I mean, it's quirky now. It is quirky. Smokey says uh, Tennessee was down four to two in the top of the ninth with two outs and two strikes and nobody on base. And the Vols won six to four in 11 innings. Florida got swept at home for the first time since 2006. Go Big Orange, a new SEC record start, 17 and one. And Smokey, Tennessee is not just winning, they are like just dominating the game. It's not I, – I mean, it is just – it's uncanny. I, you have not seen this happen very much. And that is a team be this dominant in just about every way. Like I said at the beginning of the show, and I'm not comparing the stats because I don't, I don't have the energy to go look them up from last year to this year. I just remember last year feeling like, boy, this Arkansas team is like all-time good. They're dominant. They're not as dominant. That Arkansas team last year not as dominant as this Tennessee team is. Tennessee leads the SEC in batting average, slugging percentage, on-base percentage, runs scored, RBIs, doubles, triples, and home runs, total bases, <laughs> walks, Steal attempts. They're more aggressive than anybody else. Pitching. They lead the league in ERA. Opponent batting average. Batters struck out. Hits allowed. You know, earned runs allowed. Uh, Runs allowed total. Uh, Fewest walks allowed. The fewest doubles allowed. Allowed. I mean, it's like not every major category, but just about. 
Now, the one thing they're the worst at in the SEC is throwing people out. People are stealing bases on Tennessee a lot. But the thing is, I think teams are trying to steal on Tennessee a lot because they can't do anything else against Tennessee. It's just ridiculous. And by the way, I mean, a lot of these, there, there's a couple of categories where state is number two right behind Tennessee. All right. One of those is home runs. All right. Tennessee leads the SEC with 93 home runs. State is number two with 75. Two ahead of Florida. And then uh, the other was on the pitching side, the strikeouts, I believe, was where they were one. Yeah. In terms of striking out opposing hitters, Tennessee's number one in the SEC, 449 strikeouts. State's number two with 447. Uh, but I mean, I'm just saying because we got state fans listening. Look, Tennessee, Tennessee's on a different planet than the rest of us right now. You know, we saw last year with Arkansas, it can change in a hurry. All it takes one bad weekend at the wrong time. But man, they are something else. All right, Lynn is back with us on line one of the Divinity phone. Thanks for calling back, Lynn. What's up? Sorry about that, Matt. I had technical difficulties there. <laughs> I uh, made a mistake, and I stopped on the hill pretty heavy loaded, and I got to jumping all over the place trying to go back. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> that's a uh, – you know, old Miss, if they fall off the echo, you can't name me 15 better coaches in college baseball right now. I don't believe you can give me 15 names and get to him as far as the top baseball coaches in college baseball. Mm-hmm. Or am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong uh, at all. And the thing about it is, Lynn, okay, is there somebody out there who they could hire that would do a bank, a really good job at Ole Miss? Well, sure. Not that you can go get. Well, what I'm saying is, the thing my my thing is, if you are the guy making the hire who is Keith Carter, and just like you are saying the same thing, Lynn, if you're Keith Carter making the hire and you don't know for really feel like a hundred percent certain I got a guy who's better than Bianco, why would you why would you rush to any change is what I'm saying. All is good all that is is a program killer. I'm a state fan. Go ahead. Fire. I don't care. Yeah. Ain't no ain't no water off my back. I I'll be fine with it. I'll keep on losing to it. Yeah. But it's a mistake. I understand what they want, and they'll get there. But they don't—they need to pump the brakes. It would been like it would been like state fire in our boat. Hey, hey, some things you just don't do. And let's be—hey, and Lynn, look—you bring up Coach Polk. You know, let's be real clear about something too. Okay, if they wanted an example, and maybe nobody wants to hear it, but you remember when Greg Byrne made the change. Or maybe it wasn't burned, but anyway, they made the change from from Ron Polk over to John Cohen when Coach Polk's career was done at State as the head coach. There's no there's no comparison between where State's program was at the end of that Coach Polk tenure versus where the Ole Miss program is right now under Bianco. I mean, those who it had gotten to a point at State where they were barely competitive. It seemed like, and they were not winning any games. Yeah. You know? um, so I don't think those two – and it's I'm making the point that you were making is that it would need to get that bad before they just willy-nilly yeah. make – let's just make a change. You can't, you can't just fire him. But that said, that ain't, uh, hey, how sad is it going to be for a team to stay in Ole Miss? Either, either one gets in a regional as a two or three. <laughs> would you want to be that soon? And not have to pitch to them because – 
both teams hit the long ball for sure. And if you can hit the long ball, crazy uh, stuff can happen. I think that's the best thing for State is to sneak their way in. I think this home crowd pressure got to them. I just think the pressure of repeat the the, the, the laddie from last year. I think it's I think it's been a lot on the kids. Kids, yeah. I call them kids. They're grown, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you but, mean. Uh, yeah, I got you. I, I, I think if they can, uh, if they can just get in, I think they're very dangerous at that point. Yeah, I think that's how a lot that's of people feel about it. Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, good to hear from you, Lynn. I'm gonna keep listening. Thank you. Uh, B Dog Two texted said thanks for the explanation on the RPI. Uh, he said just as a spectator, I thought both State and Ole Miss looked like regional caliber baseball teams. And and you know they in a lot of ways they'll pass the eye test. You know you just got to go earn it on the field. Uh, Denzel said if Bianco had hired a pitching coach, Ole Miss might could have gone to Omaha more often. Probably uh, not. But how many years can Bianco? He says make. Uh, boneheaded decisions with uh, pitching, and nobody had the guts to tell him that he needs to hire a pitching coach. That's from White Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line. If I haven't gotten to your text, you just hang in there. I'm going to get to it when we start hour number two. That's coming up in just a bit. Here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around.